0: Thanks for joining us for another amazing message from C3 Church Calendar. Our hope is that our podcast will equip and connect you to Jesus. Now prepare your hearts to receiving something new from God today. How are we doing this morning? Good morning everybody. Welcome to church. I want to open in prayer. Father, we thank you for your presence today, for guiding us and leading us and directing us. I thank you that you still speak and we listen. Father, we have hearts to obey you today, so I thank you for your presence right now, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, welcome to church, everybody. Glad that you're here. I've got a, I've got a, a, a quick word, and then we're gonna baptize. I, I love singing about the name of Jesus. There was, um, there's one name I would whisper in the ears of my kids, and that's the name of Jesus. Um, I taught them about using the name of Jesus for protection. When I um, first began to take on a role at the church, I was leading um, a service out at an Indian reserve. So I never formally went to a Bible college or a seminary. At first I was just serving in the church and um, I would do a service, midweek service, and uh, drive out to an Indian reserve. And one night, probably about my third night there, is um, we, were, they were, uh, we were having a little bit of worship and you know, my eyes are closed and, um, and all of a sudden I, I heard this growling and there was a First Nations fellow standing right in front of me growling. It's a bit unnerving when you're worshiping. Like anybody that close to you is unnerving, but he's right there. And uh, the in, instinctive thing for me to do is to declare the name of Jesus. And he just dropped like a, like a coat was dropped on the floor in front of me. Um, I, since then, I've had an incredible reverence for the name of Jesus. Jesus, was, it was a name. The Hebrew equivalent would have been, would have been Joshua. Uh, Jesus' mother would have not called him Jesus. She would have called him Yahshua. They were a Semitic family, and it would have been a... Aramaic would have been the language she used and it would have, um, which is a derivative of Hebrew, but, um, but his name, the name Yahshua or Joshua or Jesus would have been shared by many, but his role was only, sh- no one would share his role <laughs> because the name of Jesus meant Savior, And there's only one name under heaven by which man must be saved, and that's the name of Jesus. And so I would tell my kids, like if you're in a back alley and or you're, uh, I mean, hunting and a grizzly's coming at you, the name of Jesus, I figure is as good as pepper spray. But it's more, but you release the name in faith. Otherwise, it's just a name. this is just taking a dunk in water unless it's connected to faith. We believe in five different baptisms actually in our church. There's being baptized into the body of Christ. There's being water baptized. There's a baptism of the Holy Spirit and there's a baptism of fire as well. These are all progressive developments, but there's only one that's seen and that's the one in water. I wanna talk this morning about following Jesus. Take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter five. Uh, It's Palm Sunday today. <clears throat> but I won't be speaking about Palm Sunday, but it is Palm Sunday. Last week we were in Edmonton, that was fun. And um, our great cause is the message of Jesus through local churches around our country. Um, every Sunday, we have a, a, our rooms fill up with children back there. And, um, and we, like, we, we like to minister to every one of them. It's, that's as important as what we do in here. But very often we have to turn some children away And if you'd be available just to um, sit in and bring our ratio up, uh, we would really appreciate that. If you have a, you could just leave your phone number and name at the information desk, and then you can get in on another service. But we don't want the children to miss out on being ministered to. This is really important for us. So just, just keep that in mind as an area of service, if you would, please. Talking about how God speaks to us today and it's really it's really important that we understand that we serve a God who speaks not has spoken but who speaks in the beginning he spoke and when he spoke something happened we we live between two realities often we're caught in between a place of, our, of pain and a future promise. And in order for us to get to where we need to go, God speaks to us. And it's, it's a critical thing that we not just say, oh, I guess that's right, but that we purposely have ears to hear what he's saying to us. It's rare that he speaks audibly, very rare from my experience, but I believe he's constantly speaking. The question is, Am I listening? So <clears throat> I personally believe that our success as followers of Christ is determined by our ability to hear and then respond to what he has said. In Luke chapter five, Jesus is, um, he's, he's, he's teaching on the shores of Galilee. It's a beautiful, I've been to Galilee, um, beautiful setting. It says in verse one, one day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the sea Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. I love that. They pressed in to listen and often we need to press in to hear. They pressed in to listen and he noticed two empty boats, not one but two, at the water's edge for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets and stepping out into one of the boats, he asked Simon, its owner, to push out into the water so he sat in the boat and he taught the crowds from there. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, go out into deeper, out where it's deeper and let down your nets and you'll catch many fish. Master, this word is rarely used in the New Testament, master. Simon replied, we worked all night, hard, all night, didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, we'll try again. I love that. If you say so. And this time their nets were so full they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boats and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened. He fell to his knees before Jesus and said, oh Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. For he was awestruck by the size of their catch as were the others with him. His partners, James, John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. I think that we could, as we look through the disciples, you would probably find that there's seven of them that were fishermen. Um, I think that there was four people here. I think Andrew was with them as well. I think I was gonna title my message Two Boats and Four Fishermen. Typically what would happen, um, uh, they, um, they would fish, they would go out and fish in, the, in the, the morning, early in the morning in the shallow water. So he, he was asked, they were asked to do something very counterintuitive right here. Fishermen have unique qualities. I got a Master Fisherman Award when I was 17 years old. Uh, Master Angler Award for a 23-pound northern pike. Yeah, here was the problem. it was an 18-pounder and I stuffed a four-pound little one inside it. (laughs) Confession. (laughs) I was not following Jesus at the time. I was going for an award. (laughs) Fishermen work with the seasons. They know about working with seasons and cycles. They, they know about tenacity and determination. They're not afraid of hard work. And they know how to work together. They didn't jig for fish, they used nets. When we, were, when we lived in Norway, we used to ice fish with nets. I know. Okay, let's get on with the text. Um, two, vo- two boats, four fishermen. Um, they'd worked hard all night and they caught nothing. Um, I would be tempted to rather than wash my nets, probably sell my nets. But um, they washed the nets so that if they were dirty, they would dry out and crack and then they would rip. And so after you came in from fishing with nets, you would stretch them out, wash them off, and and then they'd be ready to use again. It's a really interesting few little pieces here that came to my mind. He noticed, first of all, Jesus asked Simon Peter, its owner, to push his boat out. One of the first things that um, happened here, he, he, had, he had been with these guys before. You, you read about, so we're already in chapter five, he had, he'd been around them before. I found being introduced to Jesus is a very simple and easy thing. But I find following Jesus is a very challenging thing. It's one thing to get introduced to him. That, that's, that's, introducing somebody is pretty easy. Anybody can introduce anybody to Jesus. The trick is following. <laughs> the only reason that following Jesus gets boring is we quit following. There's nothing more exciting than following Jesus. Uh, I remember the night, it was August 31st, 1981. I'd been arguing with my, daughter, my sister about the reality of scriptures and the reality of Christ. And, um, but she pushed through my smokescreen of logic and flawed reasoning and she said, why don't you come to church? And I reluctantly said, okay, but I'm not going to sing those crazy songs. It's funny eh, what goes on in your head. That night I came to a gathering where the corporate worship went up and the presence seemed to just envelop me. I gave my life to Christ. Not only was my life changed, but my entire family line was changed that night. This is like a miraculous thing. Um, I I was... I was instantly transformed from darkness to light. My life was radically changed and all it took was someone to sit and listen to my arguments and then say, why don't you just come to church? I hope that next week you'll invite somebody to church. Uh, He's talking about boats being full, but he really, I think he's referring to people. He says, I'm going to make you now fishers of people and I still want my boats full. <laughs> uh, I wanna see three services full because of the incredible need. And really, you know what happens in these moments, I honestly believe that, that there's many people waiting to find greater meaning in life. And I can't offer them anything better than Jesus. There's nothing better, <laughs> nothing better. So he asks them, he makes a small request. First he says, just push your boat out. And then after that, he says, uh, give him another instruction. But I want you to do something that you're not going to understand, but it's gonna be incredibly fruitful for you. Uh, That's something of what it means to follow Jesus. Yeah, I don't know what you think about authorized voices or not, but Jesus was not an authorized fishing voice. He was a carpenter. Why would you listen to a carpenter give you fishing advice? unless he carried the truth in his voice. This is very counterintuitive. So through the day they would, they would fish, sorry, at night they would fish in the shallows, but he's saying, I want you to go into the deep, cast your nets out again. Peter says a very interesting thing. He says, you know, Master, we've worked really hard and we didn't catch anything, but if you say so, we'll try again. I, I don't know what you've tried before, but if he were to ask you, would you try again? I'm not sure what your experience has been, but what if he asks you to do something that's different than you're used to doing? What if he asks you to step outside of your comfort zone and somebody in your world You say, why don't you come and join me for an Easter service? That's, that's, That's our invitation to all of us right now. Just invite somebody out to an Easter service. Maybe the Holy Spirit will change their lives because of your word, but because of your word, we worked hard, but if you say so, um, I just think that's such a profound, a very profound thought. Okay, Lord, if you say so. You look all through scripture and you'll find people who did things that they didn't really completely understand. I think of Noah, he, he was asked to do something he'd never done before, to build something he'd never seen before, to prepare for something that had never happened before out of something he'd never used before. The crowd is watching. This is one of the problems with following Christ. It's very public. It's only so long you can be a secret saint. Then you're gonna have to go public. Well, what if you're gonna follow Jesus, there's a publicness to it. He went public on the cross. Eventually we go public. And baptism takes following Christ public. And, and you might say, well, isn't it just a, uh, no, it's more than just a, it's much more than that. I get, I get people saying, talking to me about marriage, well, it's just a piece of paper. Well, Well, don't be a coward then, get a piece of paper. Lots of stuff happens on paper. What about money? Money's on paper. Is it just a piece of paper? What what about a fishing license? Just a piece of paper. What about a deed for a house? Just a piece of paper. No, no, there's much more to it than that. Much more to it than just a guy slipping on his trunks and getting wet. It's about going public. Peter was asked to do something public here. He said, there's a crowd of people and he's a fisherman, and a, and a and a carpenter is telling him to go do something different. When you fish, um, it's always better when you go away fishing for a weekend. I found don't ask how many fish they caught. Does yeah. it? Just you go like, you go, right. You just go like this. You say, "Did you have a good time?" Yeah. That's what you do. <laughs> it's way easier, less humbling, and and so he he had been up working hard, caught nothing but now he's asked to do something quite counterintuitive that he doesn't quite understand because he understands fishing. The carpenter maybe doesn't understand fishing. He's asked to do something that he may not understand but he's heard a word. This is is awesome, I think. I've found in following Jesus many times we get asked to do things we don't quite understand right away. It's, It's perplexing. And sometimes that thing is public. And, um, and I honestly find that's the place of greatest growth. Um, so he, so he, he, he asked him to go public. And, and the second thing, the publicness, and then the not knowingness, I think. Our not knowingness, I don't know if you've been able to deal with your um, compulsion to be right all the time yet, but we don't have to have all the answers for people. I hope you're okay with that. Frankly, we just don't. But, but you can't argue with a story and somebody's life. Um, I think it's very, very, very freeing, getting, being comfortable with not knowing everything. I think that's very good. Learning to trust and, and, and just to live on some promises. What happens when we follow the Lord and he asks us to do something we don't understand, uh, once you get to know what he wants for you, he's trying to get you someplace. <laughs> He's trying to get you into your promise and into your destiny he only has good things for us but we're just not sure that he might want us he might want to embarrass us or something listen you you, you that, that's that's something different <laughs> he always wants you to prosper and he always wants to move you forward and he only has good gifts for his kids any well-adjusted father knows that we can only give good gifts to our kids um i'm a 70s child and um we, we never, when someone phoned, we never knew who was on the phone. <laughs> had to pick it up. Uh, we, we had a, we had a, we were on a, in the farm, on the farm, we had party lines. So those of you under 50, it's not what it sounds like. <laughs> and, and you know what you could do, is you, with the party line, you could, uh, if you didn't like somebody, you just leave it off the hook. And now no one can use the phone. I know, it's, on, it's hard to believe. My grandson can't believe that, that we had uh, uh, phones connected to wires, that's just completely foreign to him. But if I were to try, to, if I would have tried to explain to you that someday there would be phones without cords back then, it actually was outside of my understanding. Cause you needed to have a transmission wire to order to get to the receiver. And of course the days of the long cords, that was so awesome, you'd just about get to your bedroom and then the thing would stretch and, it's a different world but you know but here here's what we have to understand you know all of that technology was available from the beginning of time cell phones technology like this didn't this isn't something that surprises the Lord like Bluetooth technology is not like wow how'd they come up with that it's all been accessible from all through time when you go through the Great Pyramid, you'll notice that there's no black scorch marks on the ceilings because they had bulbs and lights. They didn't carry torches. But we are just still don't know all of the things. Eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard what God has prepared for those that love him, but we know because he, he's revealed them by his spirit. Then unless you're gonna be led by the spirit and walk in harmony with the spirit, you won't know the great things that he has in store for you. If we only function according to what we understand and what we know, we will never enter into these supernatural things that the Lord has for us. We'll always just function according to our understanding. He, there, there was every day in your life, this, you could have an exciting brand new discovery if we would learn to simply walk in harmony with the Spirit. Now I know it's hard for us, and I couldn't even begun to explain. We used to I used to sit in the tractor for hours and listen to CBC, and they describe the information highway, and I thought, what a ridiculous idea! <laughs> I did honestly. I did. You most of you don't know how to. What it, how, you don't even know how to function without it now. Mr. Google knows everything, or or Wikipedia. It's got to be true. <laughs> but unless, see, but we didn't know then. You hear what I'm saying? This is what happens, we're sitting here in our pain and our promise is over here and he's trying to get us someplace and move us along in our journey, but all we wanna do is sit in our pain. And, and, and as long as we're gonna not decide that we're not gonna move unless we understand everything, that's as far as it goes. But when we step outside of our comfort zone into another dimension, he has things that he's prepared for us that love him. And we gotta get there by faith. There's two parts to the the, the faith thing. Um, The first part's very easy. It's like the same side of a coin. Sorry, two sides of the same coin. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse six. It says anybody who comes to the Lord must believe that he is a. So this is not a huge step of faith. The devil believes. You know he's a believer, right? He knows, he believes. Uh, But it also, then it says, and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That you understand that God exists is not enough for an awesome life. You need to understand his nature and trust his nature and that he's a rewarder of those who seek him. That's the the other part of it. Understanding that he is, gosh, I argued till the cows came home about there's a God, but I thought that there were thousands of them. But the deal is, will you trust him? And will you trust his nature? Right, getting people to believe that God wants to bless him is one of the hardest things I've found. Yeah, yeah, he wants to bless people, but just not me. Would you get over your good self about that? He wants to bless you. He wants to deliver you. He wants to heal you. <laughs> it's very, very personal. We serve a speaking God. Here's what happened to the disciples at this point. Those four disciples, they went from failure to success at one word. One word. You're wondering what the will of God is? The will of God is the word of God. That's pretty simple. The will of God is the word of God. But we live by words that are proceeding from the mouth of God. There are still words that are proceeding from the mouth of God. The faith... Pre- precedes actually faith because faith, that faith function on, functions on a higher level than intellect because it accepts the unseen. This is, a, this is a, a significant thing for us to understand. And so when we come to Christ, we not only have to believe that he is, but he rewards those who diligently seek him. By faith we understand. Meeting Jesus, this is, so as I wrap up here, going, going organic. Uh, God's at work in people's lives. But at your word, God's at work in people's lives. It's like a, it's like a chain. And all of these little things that, remember when you, God didn't start working on your life after you came to Christ. He's been working ever since you were conceived in your life. And there's these chains. And all, all along, and these connection points take place. And you could be the one of those links in somebody's life. It's that simple. And, and, and I honestly live with this conviction that God's at work in everybody's life. And he'll bring me across people every day. The question is, will I obey, will I be, when, will he, when, what he needs to say to people requires, requires an action or a word. Will we be those ones that would transmit and pass along that word or that action to them? That's really the question. Accepting Christ is really simple, really simple. Following is a lot harder. If you want to go from failure to success, you're going to need to learn to trust his word. Not just the written word, but the inner promptings and nudgings and his voice whispering on the inside. And that's all, you know, it's it's, it's actually it's it's such an exhilarating thing. Something is simple. He said to Peter, he says, push your boat out. I'm gonna use your boat. Many times people, this, this happens to me all the time, during offering, I'll say, Lord, what should I give? Gosh, not that much. Let me just, then I negotiate down. This, this seems like, like what a thing, eh, getting baptized. Have you not been baptized in water? This actually might be the reason that you've stopped in your spiritual growth. Something as simple as giving, not just money, but time and but it can stop us in our spiritual growth. And we can say, do you know, we can say no to God at any point. Did you know that? Just because you read the Bible doesn't mean you obey the Bible. We know that. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you're loving. Some of the meanest people in the world are, say they're following Christ. Uh, have you ever met some of them? That's nasty. That's the, that's the worst. Um, anyway. I, just, I was just saying this thing about this. It might be, today we're gonna have a, at the end after we baptize one in the first service, uh, you may want to do a spontaneous baptism. We offer that every, every time because today is the day. I was standing on the shores of uh, Kanapali Beach and we were doing a baptism, the church was doing a baptism and I had my first vision of Jesus out there saying, he's going like this here. It's kind of like the directing traffic. Honestly, he did. I had on a nice, nice silk, purple shirt, probably white pants, and probably black underwear, and I heard him say, come on out. I didn't, honestly, at the time, I didn't think about at the photo ops after. I said, oh, a little funny. But I felt the Lord say, just come right now. And I, and I went out, and, I, and then I came home, and I got baptized again when I got home because I needed to have a public witness to my family, all around me. And um, this is a significant step. Jesus, if you're gonna follow Jesus, Jesus was baptized. This is part of following Jesus. This young man we're gonna baptize this morning, it takes incredible courage for a young man to go public. When I gave my life to Christ, I remember after, I I would sit down and I'd talk for hours to people about what just happened. I didn't know a thing about scripture, but I knew something had happened faith rose up in my heart and I began to get a little bolder. God's at work in in people's lives all around and you might be a link in that chain. And and my my challenge is invite them to church for Easter. 86%, I think the number is, would come if they were invited. It's a high, high number. And here's 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 what they did. They hollered for help. He said, hollered for help because they had so many fish. Here's what I'm doing this morning. I'm hollering for help. I can only get a hold of so many people. I was talking to my neighbor yesterday through the week and it was dark at night. I came back from a walk and he's, he's outside his window and I said, Paul, and he looks around because he could, Paul, and then he looked up. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's better than looking down. <laughs> I'm gonna invite Paul to church. We get along pretty good. Father, I thank you for your word, that it's so powerful and so alive, and it still directs us and leads us. This morning we're people of the word want to hear your voice, follow you. Thank you for the courage, this young man that's gonna step into the waters of baptism. Lord, you said unless we become like little children, we won't even see the kingdom of God. Lord, let this one lead us today, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, I thank you that our children's children will know and will follow you. Father, I love your word that says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed begging for bread. Lord, I thank you for your provision for generation upon generation, and today we declare generational blessing, Lord, on this house. I pray for the ripple effect of your favor, the prayers that have went up for generations, Lord. We'll see the fruit of those, Father. I thank you that we're people of promise, Lord. We're not paupers, but we're sons and daughters of the Most High God. Today we declare your goodness and your favor and our desire to follow you in the powerful name of Jesus. God bless you, thank you for being in church. through those. Doors walk overcomers your release go and change your world.